today's daf is Nidaram daf Zayin. We are holding on the very top of daf Zayin Amar Aleph, I believe. We are going through the sugyos of Yados, and uh, Amar Aleph can really be summarized in one word, Yados. We're going to continue to discuss whether various other halachos have Yados. We're going to talk about whether there's Yad with Tzedakah. If a person uses an incomplete Lashon in committing himself to Tzedakah, is that binding? And then we're going to talk about whether there's Yad Hefker. If a person makes something Hefker with an incomplete Lashon, is that, does that work as Hefker? And then the final Yad we're going to talk about is Yad Lebeis HaKisei. Generally speaking, once something becomes a Beis HaKisei, you're not allowed to say Dvarm Shabbat inside a Beis HaKisei, like Kriyashma. So what if a person uh, declares something to be a Beis HaKisei with an incomplete declaration? And then uh, that's going to lead us into a discussion whether something gets a din of a Beis HaKisei just because you designate it as a Beis HaKisei, or maybe it actually has to be used before it would take on the status of a Beis HaKisei. Nothing about going to take a little bit of, a, of, of, of time to discuss the Lashon of Menuda Anilach. Rabbi Akiva had said in the Mishnah that even when someone says Menuda Anilach, that that too is a Lashon that could be Mechaev him in the, uh, in the Neder, but the Tanakhama didn't, see, didn't seem to, to agree with that. Right? When, Rabbi, when you say Menuda Anilach, the Mishnah said Rabbi Kibbutz Chochech Bazela Hachmir. So we're going to talk about what that means, that Rabbi Kibbutz Chochech Lahachmir doesn't say that he was Machmir, it says he was Chochech so it sounds like he pulls back a little bit on being fully machmir, that it's a fully binding Lashon of Neder. But that's going to lead us into the entire topic of Ahmed Bey's, which is Nidoy. So uh, Ahmed Aleph in a word is Yados, Ahmed Bey's in a word is Nidoy. We're going to talk about if you're in Menada, a person in front of their face and not in front of their face, what the halachic difference might be, if uh, why we would be Menada, a person in Haskaras Hashem, the person mentions Shem Hashem, Levatala, that's a cause for Nidoy. We're going to talk about if Tamil Chacham is Minada Esatma, he can be made for Nidoy Atzma, he can undo a Nidoy against himself. So Amad Alf is Yados, Amad Vez is Nidoy, let's begin. On the top line is Ayan Amad Alf. Yesh Yad Lutzdaka, O Ein Yad Lutzdaka. Is there a din of Yados when it comes to Tzedaka, or is there not a din of Yados when it comes to Tzedaka? The Ran, which uh, a lot of times in this Masechta, the Ran is in the, on the wrong page, meaning they, it's not exactly even where all the Rans on Zayin Amad Alf would appear on Zayin Amad Alf. So the Ran, which appears on Daf Vavam Beis Yesh Yad Lutstako Ein Yad Lutstako writes Pirish Im Timtzulomer the Yesh Yad Lepeya. The yesterday we had two discussions of Yad. We had a question about Yad Lekidushin and a question about Yad Lepeya. So the way to understand this question says the Ran at first is that this is an Im Timtzulomer. If you're going to conclude that there is a din of Yad when it comes to Peya, Kivan Dechamira Debal Karche Chayver Achmana Bikar Peya Lutstako Mai. Maybe that's only only because pay is such a strict din that everyone is obligated, is, there's an absolute obligation if you have a field to leave off paya. But tzedakah seems like a more of an optional endeavor that a person chooses to give tzedakah. So what's the din? Is there a din of yad for tzedakah? Kach say the Ran says, that's what my Rebbeim said. But velo nirali, I disagree, he says. nami Since when is tzedakah optional? Tzedakah is absolutely an obligation. Every bit as much as pay as an obligation. If you're going to say, yeah, but there's no shear for tzedakah, you don't have to give any given amount for tzedakah. The fact that we give meiser, which Shulchan Aruch says, our minag, is that we give, uh, 
we give meisters and machlokas, whether that's a din or a minag or a din daraisa, din drabana or a minag, but generally speaking, we assume that it's not a din daraisa at the very least, that one has to give a specific amount to tzedakah. So it's the same thing as peya. You don't have to give, uh, the fact that you have to give it is an absolute, is, is an absolute. Of course you have to give it. The fact that you have to give tzedakah, it's an absolute. But how much you have to give, just like peya, it's, uh, it's up to the person. So the Ran therefore says, I don't think these two Shilas were raised at the same time, and therefore it's not, were, were, were raised uh, right at the same time in the same base Medrash, because if so, it would have just been one Shila, it wouldn't have been two Shilas, it's really all the same. Peya, Tzedakah, but uh, it must have been that we're collecting from discussions in different Bate Medrash, so there was a Shila raised about Peya, a Shila raised about Tzedakah, but the two do not relate to each other, they're not actually linked to each other. Now there is a discussion in general when it comes to Tzedakah, what if a person has a machshavel tzedakah? Is that itself binding? A person thinks to himself, I want to give tzedakah. The Raman, Hilchus Tzedakah, in Yardaya, Simration, Luchas, quotes Machlokas HaPoskin. If a person is Choshev Belibo, that he wants to give tzedakah, is that enough to be Mechayev him in tzedakah? Or do we say, no, Machshava is love, Kedibor, whatever he thinks is not going to be binding. You need to be Motsi Bepeh. Lemaisa, the Rama says, Machshava Bialma is Mechayev a person to give tzedakah. A person has a Machshava, he commits Bemachshava to give tzedakah, he should give tzedakah. So some of the Akronim explain what Ramah means, based on the Pasuk, Kasher Dibarta Beficha, Yerachayim HaKadosh writes, that, uh, that when, when the Pasuk says, Kiofa Shamayim Yoluches HaKol, that when a person thinks Bimachshava, that, uh, that, that, that sometimes you're thinking and your, your, your lips move, without even realizing. Because you know, a person is thinking and he starts talking to himself, without even realizing. So maybe that's the idea of Machshava, that a person thinks he was only Bimachshava when he was committing tzedakah, but maybe when he was committing tzedakah, his lips were moving, he didn't realize that that, uh, that he was actually saying the words, and therefore maybe that would be binding, it would be binding for that reason. Or it could be that it's, uh, no, that's, that, that, that uh, the, the, uh, the, there are other achronim uh, that write, the Gili Marsha on the side of the Shulchan Aruch, Pesli Tshuva on the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch, that the Ramah is not talking about any person who just has a machshavah to give tzedakah. It's talking about a person who is motzi besvas of tzedakah, who verbally committed to give tzedakah. He just didn't verbally commit to how much that was in his mind. That's where the Ramah says, Yesh la'achmir, it's machlokas, and we should be machmir, to give the amount that we were thinking in our minds, even, uh, even though we didn't say the amount, but because there was an actual verbal, co- ver- verbal commitment to the, t- to the tzedakah. Now the Makar Chaim and the Hagos and the Shulchan Aruch, he says, according to the Poskim, that being Choshev Belibo is enough to be Mechaev a person to give tzedakah, what's our whole discussion over here? Yesh Yad tzedakah. He didn't say enough of a Lashon to commit himself to tzedakah. He obviously had something in mind, and if you hold that Machshav is enough to commit yourself to tzedakah, then who cares whether Yesh Yad tzedakah or not? There, of course, is Yad, even without Yad, even with... Uh, Without saying anything, it would, a person would be would be committed to tzedakah. So some of the achronim suggest that you have to say that maybe there's a difference between a person who's trying to commit to tzedakah verbally versus a person who's trying to commit mentally. That if you're trying to commit mentally, then enochinami machshava might be enough. But if your goal is to commit yourself verbally to tzedakah, well then machshavos won't do it, and even yad maybe won't won't do it. Now it happens very often that an ani will come. Uh, to collect tzedakah, and you have in mind, I'm going to give to this ani, and then you know he's going around the shul or something, and he never gets to your seat. I don't know, he didn't see you or whatever, and he's gone. Now what do you do? What do you do with uh, with 
with tzedakah. So the the, the, the contemporary poskim discuss this in uh, in derech in derech Chaim Kanievsky writes in the name of the Chazanish that you should give tzedakah, you should give the money to someone else because you, were, you had a machshava to give the tzedakah, so you should give it to a different ani. But you should you should definitely give the money for uh, for tzedakah. But uh, Rav Yashiv held not that way. Rav Yashiv holds that you don't need to give tzedakah because you weren't thinking about uh, this 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 ani. I mean, you were thinking dafka about this ani, and if this ani is not here, your potter he gave it up. He decided not to not to take the money. So then uh, then your potter in halicha shlomo it says that Shlomo Zalman Arbach used to say that it's important that when a person commits in in his mind that he wants to give tzedakah that he's not trying to be mezaka to to the money and to, to the ani until the money gets into his hands. That you don't actually intend that it should be his until it, and if you do that then you really cover your bases. Then then you're going to be okay. But they say a ma'isa there in halicha shlomo that Shlomo Zalman and Ani came, and Rav Shlomo Zalman uh, committed to give the person tzedakah, tried, the person was blind, he didn't see Rav Shlomo Zalman, and he left. And Rav Shlomo Zalman chased after him to, to track him down. So he said, Rabbi, I thought you said that you always commit in your mind that it's not going to be tzedakah until it reaches his hand. He said, yeah, I tried to put it in his hand, it was mamish in the airspace of his hand, but he was blind, he mamish had no idea that I was uh, that I was giving it to him. So then in that case, I had to I had to go and, and, and make sure that he gets it. But generally speaking, he thought it was always a good idea to have in mind that you're not really trying to give tzedakah until the person actually acquires the tzedakah, until it's actually in his hand. So, uh, so is there a din of yad tzedakah? Ask the Gemara, hey dami, what would be an example of yad tzedakah? If he says, well, this zuz should be for tzedakah, and, and this also, that's not a yad tzedakah, that's an absolute commitment for tzedakah. That's as strong a commitment as you can have. So uh, that's that can't be a shayla. What if he says, this should be for tzedakah, and this, but he doesn't say, and this also should be for tzedakah. So then, what's the what's the din? Does hadain mean, and this should also be for tzedakah? Or maybe when he says vadain, he just means, for some expenses that I have. He just didn't get a chance to finish a sentence. He was saying, this money should be for tzedakah, and this money should pay for my groceries, and this money. He just never got a chance to say the words, for my groceries. He just said, and this money. So uh, maybe that's all he meant. So that's a case of yados, that it could be explained in two ways, and the chances are he meant tzedakah, but uh, it's not absolute that that's what he meant. So that's an example of yados. So do we assume that since there's a hekish between tzedakah and karbanos, because the Torah uses the word beficha and in the pasuk that talks about karbanos, and we know beficha is a reference to tzedakah, so therefore, if we make a hekish between tzedakah and karbanos, much like we said about peya yesterday, that just like karbanos, there's a din of yados, tzedakah should also have tzedakah yesh liyad, tzedakah also has a din of yad. Or maybe no, maybe the whole comparison between tzedakah and karbanos is only vis-a-vis, it's only as a, with regard to the halach of bal that just like there's a din of bal by karbanos, there's a din of bal by tzedakah.
tzedakah, but it's not that all of the dinim of tzedakah apply to all, to, to all of the all of the dinim of karbanos would apply to the dinim of tzedakah. So the din of yados does not necessarily apply. And uh, like we mentioned yesterday with peya, the Ran points out even though um, even though we don't have a hekish that goes halfway, when that's only when it's mefurish bekra. That's only when the when the the, the hekish the items that we're linking with each other are both explicit in the pasuk. But over here tzedakah is not explicit in the pasuk. It says beficha. We're darshaning that that means tzedakah. So whenever the hekish is only to a drasha, it's not to an explicit pasuk. Then we could say that yesh hekish lemechza that the hekish is only with regard to what the topic of that pasuk is, and it's not with regard to all of the dinim of karbanos and tzedakah necessarily uh, going back and forth and applying to each other. So that was the third issue of Yad. So we had so far Yados for Kiddushin, Yados for Peya, and Yados for Tzedakah. Now we raise a fourth issue of Yad. Yesh Yad Hefker, Odoma Ein Yad Hefker. Is there a din of Yad for Hefker, or is there not a din of Yad for Hefker? So uh, ask the Gemara, Hainu Tzedakah, what do you mean? That's exactly the same child about Tzedakah. You try and take something that belongs to you and make it belong to somebody else. So what difference does it make? And why, why would you make things Hefker anyway? You make things Hefker because generally you want an Ani to be able to pick it up. You want someone who needs it to be able to take it. Why is that very different than Tzedakah? It seems very much like Tzedakah. So Gemara says, no, no, Imtim Tzilomar Kamar. This is actually building off of the Tzedakah Shaila. We're saying Imtim Tzilomar. Im tim tzilomer yesh yad l'tzedaka dein hekesh l'mechza. If you're going to say that there's yesh yad l'tzedaka, what would the logic be? It's because of the hekish, and the hekish is absolute, and we don't say a hekish halfway. So if you're going to assume that way about tzedaka, which we didn't conclude, we left it as an ibayid l'ivshita, we didn't answer the question about tzedaka. But if you were to assume that there is a din of yad for tzedaka, because we compare tzedaka to karbanos, well, hefker miyam rinan hainu tzedaka, do you say it's Tzedakah, Hefker, it's all the same. Odilma, shiny Tzedakah, Tzedakah lo chazia elu la'aniyim. Avol Hefker, bein la'aniyim, bein la'ashirim. Or maybe, no, maybe Tzedakah is where we're going to say there's din of Yad, because the link is between Tzedakah and Karbanos. But, but Hefker is entirely different than Tzedakah. Tzedakah is only for Aniyim. Hefker is for anybody who wants to take it. You could, be, uh, you could be the richest man in the world. And you're allowed to be Zoha from Hefker. You're allowed to pick up something from Hefker. So there's no link in the Pasuk between Hefker and Karbanos. So maybe it's only a din by Tzedakah. It's not a din by Hefker. Now the, the Gemara is Hava Amina. That it should assume that Tzedakah and Hefker are the same. And it says that it's an Imtim Tzilomar. That and what's the whole side of the suffix is that by tzedakah it's la, la, only la'aniyim, but hefker's la'aniyim and la'ashirim, Beis Yosef points out that this, this whole conversation tells us something about hefker l'cha'ora, because uh, we probably would not have associated hefker with tzedakah at all. What happens when you give tzedakah? You're just being mafkirit, you're just uh, you know, making it, well, tzedakah is a mitzvah, tzedakah is a din in ritual law, that one has an obligation to, uh, to give tzedakah. Hefker is not a mitzvah. Hefker is a kinyan. Hefker is a way of, uh, of making something no longer belong to you. So the Beis Yosef writes in Orchayim Simen Taflamadal in Mikan Raya that the Rambam is correct, that Hefker is not a monetary kinyan, it's an Isr Neder. That when a person makes something hefker, he's taking a neder that, uh, that, that, uh, of, of his ownership. That uh, the Rambam writes in Ilchus and Dharam, hefker, neder, even though it's not really a neder, hareu kimo neder, 
person can't undo his hefker. He can make a new kinyan on the item after he made it hefker, but he can't undo your hefker. Because uh, otherwise, what's the Gemara asking when it says, Hainu tzedaka? A neder tzedaka is a mechiyuve nedarim when a person takes a neder tzedaka. So that makes sense that it would have a din of yad, like nedarim has a din of yad. But mehechi tasty that by hefker there's going to be a din of yad? What does that have to do with a neder? Hefker is a kinyan. No, so you see from there is the Ramam's correct that it works sort of midin neder. That the way hefker works is, is it approximates on some level a neder. So that's why there was a discussion in the Gemara about yad the hefker. The Prisha in Choshemishpat says like the, the Rambam, uh, says in his understanding of the Rambam, that hefker is not actually motzi the item from the Roshos or the Mafkir at all, because there's no Maisekinian. It's just that it's a of neder, shalolachserbo, and not to, to stop anyone else from being Zoha. But if he was uh, but if he, if he was Choser and he didn't allow anyone else to uh, to take it, so what did he violate exactly? Did he steal if someone uh, someone wanted to take it and he didn't allow the person to take it? So we, he violated an Isra of his nether. That uh, but but he's uh, so, but but it's it's still it's still his if he uh, if he didn't no one else is allowed to be Kona in it at that at that point because it still belongs to him. Person's mafkirs nechasim. It's uh, according to uh, this understanding of the Rambam. It's a it's an innovative understanding. It's not the way we normally understand Hefker, it still actually belongs to him. It's just that he has a chiv midine nedarim, midine esvahater, to not uh, to, to not act as if he's the owner of it. Okay, by Ravina, last question about yados. Yesh yad le beisakise alone. Is there a din of yad when it comes to beisakise? With, with regard to what about a beisakise? So the Rad points out she also likros pakriyashma. That one is not allowed to say Kriyashma in the Beis HaKisei. So is there a Din of Yad when it comes to the Beis HaKisei? If a person declares something as a Beis HaKisei, but he only gives half a declaration, do we assume that it has a Din of a Beis HaKisei that you're not allowed to say Dvarim Shebek Dushin? Hechidami. If he says the lashon that let this room be a base and this also well that's a, the, clearly he means to say that that also should be a base and that obviously should be binding. What if he just said this room should be a base and this, but he didn't say in this one also? So my, what's the din? When he says, and this does he mean, and this also should be a Besakise? Maybe when he says, and this, he means, and this should be used for something else. It should be a closet, it should be guys doing construction on his house, and he's looking at these small rooms that uh, they set up for him. You know, maybe we'll use that as a storage room instead of a Besakise. Why should uh, we put in the plumbing? We don't need the extra bathroom. So he's just saying, this should be for something else. So maybe it's not designated as a Besakise. But that's the question. Is there a din of yados in that situation? From the fact that Ravina is even raising the shaila whether there's a din of yados it sounds that Ravina is pretty sure that in order for something to have the status of a beisakisei, it doesn't have, have to have actually been used as a beisakisei. That it's enough to just designate it as such. But didn't Ravina raise this as a shaila? His mahu. Ravina raised the shaila. What if you designate something as a beisakisei? Is that enough to, to give it the status of a Besakisei? His mina le Besamerchatz mahu. What if you designate something as a bathhouse? Is that enough to give it the status of a bathhouse? Zimun mawil o ain zimun mawil. Does the zimun alone make it a Besakisei, a Besamerchatz or not? So isn't Ravina himself unsure about this? Now, if you're unsure whether 
whether Zimun is even going to make it a base like say certainly Yados, where you don't even uh, designate it in, in a clear Lashon, would, would, not be, would, would not be an issue. So answer Gemara, Ravina Chadmigo Chadakamibayle. He was he was building a theoretical construct. He was saying, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether it has a din of a be- whether Zimun works or not at all. Even if you say in a full lashon that this should be a basakise, whether that necessarily makes it a basakise. <coughs> but imtim tzalomar, if you would say that it does work to declare something as a basakise, well then what if you don't even use a full lashon? What if you only use yados? Would that without work as well? Zimun mawaloin zimun mal. And imtim tzalomar, yesh zimun, yesh yadoin yatibayalei. So he's building it up in that way. Does Zimun work for Beisakise? And even if it does work, then we have a further question whether there's Yesh Yad the Beisakise or Ein Yad the Beisakise. Now, uh, so how do we paskin on all of these matters? We had five Shilas about Yados and we didn't seem to really answer any of them. So how do we paskin? Says the Ran, we have to go through each one separately. Ulinian Allah, the Ran writes on the left side of the page, about fifth, fifth skinny line. Ulinian Allah, Bikidushin, Naktin and Luchumra di Yesh Yad. When it comes to Kiddushin, this is an issue on a Daraisa level, and we, the Gemara never answered the question, so we have to go Lechumra to Suffolk Daraisa Lechumra. Ubepeya Utsudaka, questions numbers two and three, about Peya and Tzedaka, Kosova Rashba Zalnami, Dazlina Lechumra, we leave these and we go to the Chumrah and these issues as well because the Gemara leaves them as, as a teku. Now, uh, did the Gemara actually leave it as a teku? The Gemara didn't really leave it as a teku. The Gemara never used the word teku. So it didn't really leave it as a teku. But he says, we go to the Chumrah because we leave it as a teku. So for first you, read it, you think, ah, he's saying the rule that every time the Gemara ends in a teku, we always go to the Chumrah, which some Rishonim hold. Some Rishonim hold that even when you have a teku on a dinta Rabbanan, you don't say suffix to Rabbanan Lakula. Because teku means let it stand. The uh, remez of teku is tishbi yitaritz kushiv zibayis. But teku, the word means let it stand. Well, if you're being mekel on it, you're not really letting the question stand. You're taking a clear stance, the kula. But when you're not sure about something, you're cautious and you're, you're machmir. So there, there are those rishonim that hold in the klale harifa rush in the back of uh, Masech Shabbos printed in the Vilna Shas. There are those rishonim that every single teku is always the hachmir. So it sounds when you first read this round that that's what he's saying. But that's not not what he's saying, because the Gemara didn't actually say take over here. What he means to say over here is that since it's a suffix, since we're not sure, it's something that was left unresolved, we go L'Chumrah. That uh, it's, a, it's a din and din imamanis, peya and tzedakah, and when you have a din and din imamanis, you go, when you leave it as a suffix, you go L'Chumrah. That's what, what, the, what the Ran is saying. V'chein kas v'ramban zal b'l'chosav, dibayin de tzedakah lo evshita behedya, v'sugin de yeshad l'tzedakah, v'kayim l'nami, t'kol teko de yisur L'Chumrah. So whenever it's something that, that the Gemara never resolved, we're going to go to Chumra. Um, so he says, Umayda Amar Zal the Sugim the Yeshal the Tzaka Hanim Shem the Kamrinan Imtim Tzalomer Yeshal the Tzaka Vizeh Efsher Hu Al Derech Haram Zal Shaposim Kol Makom Kim Tzim Tzalomer. He says, but there's another thing about the Tzedaka issue. Remember, we said that when we raised the question about Tzedaka, why is the Shaila of Tzedaka any different than the Tzedaka of Pe- than the Shaila about Peah? So the Ran had quoted from his Rebbeim that it's really to be read as an Imtim Tzalomer. That if you're going to assume Yeshal the Peah, then we have a question whether Yesh or not. But that only works with the assumption that Peah, which is even more Chamur, is Yesh Yad. Well, there is another rule that the Rambam has. Whenever the Rambam paskins the in a series of questions, where the Gemara says, is it A or is it B? And if it's B, is it C or is it D? And if it's D, is it E or is it F? 
the Rav will always paskin B and D. He'll always paskin whatever we build off, the, we build the next question off. Whenever there's Nimtim Salomar, and we're building the next question off of one side of a previously unresolved question, the Ramam always paskins like that side. So if you, so now there's a big enough community between the Ran and his Rebbeim. If you view the question about Tzedakah as an Imtim Tzolomar, that Peah is Yeshiad, well then you're going to paskin Yeshiad the Peah. But if you view it as two independent questions that were said in different Pate Medrash that have nothing to do with each other, well then you don't necessarily paskin that there's going to be Yeshiad the Peah. So that's what the, the Ran is pointing out over here. But then he questions this whole idea that we're saying that since it's, it's left as a suffix, we're necessarily going to be Machmir. That's generally not the rule of Dina Mominus. When you have a suffix in Mamon, we always say, the rule is hamotzi mechavero alav haraya that whoever's holding it not to be machmir just give no I'm, I'm holding the money prove to me that I owe it to you and until you do that I don't have to pay anything so the Ran discusses that at length over here and then toward the end of the Ran about seven eight lines into the wide lines v'gabe hefker ain safek davali sveka demamon ulukula ve'en yad he says by hefker there's no question it's all the din of safek mamon and definitely therefore we'd go lukula we'd say hamotzi mechavero alav haraya so there's no yad lepeya v'cheinam and he says, and the same is true by a Beisakisei. Da'afilim tim salomar zimun mo'il lo mahaniel midrabanan. Meaning, what was all Beisakisei shayla, the way the Gemara had said it at the end? We're not even sure if zimun works for a Beisakisei. If any verbal declaration that something's a Beisakisei even works. And if you say it works, then we have a shayla v'yad. So the Ran says right away, the fact that, uh, that, that the whole question of Yad is only built on a suffix, it's a svek sveka lakula, that maybe Zima doesn't work at all. And even if you say Zima works, maybe there's no din of Yados. So of course you could, you could be Mekel. And plus he says, by Zima, even if Zima does work, it only works midrabanan, there's no din daraisa that declaring something in Beis HaKisa makes the Rasa to say Kriyashma in that spot. That's clearly only a din midrabanan, that's not a din midaraisa. So that's why we'd go lakula. It's interesting though, the Ram in Hilchus Kriyashma, which is where you would expect this, when in Hilchus Kriyashma is where the Rambam is going to talk about where you can't say Kriyashma. So the Rambam in third paragraph of Hilchus Kriyashma writes, "Hayu shnei batim talks about our Gemara. You have two rooms. One of them you designate as Beis Kisei, the other one you say Vizeh. So the second one says, Rami We're not sure whether the second one is the dinner of Beis Therefore, you shouldn't read Kriyashma there. If you do, you're Yotze Kriyashma. If you say Kriyashma in a real Beis Kisei, you're not even Yotze. You have to say it again when you leave Beis Kisei. But something that is a suffix din Beis Kisei, you, uh, it's a, it, it, you're, 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 uh, you're not supposed to read it there, but you'd be Yotze. So all the Akram say that if the Raman passes the Kula over here, because it's Savik Rabbanan, then why can't you read it there Lechadchila? You should be allowed to read it there Lechadchila. Apparently the Ran leaves it as a Safik, and he's saying that we have to be Machmir, you have to treat it like a normal Safik would be treated, and uh, be Machmir not to read it, and not to, and, and uh, assume that you are Yotze if you did read it. But Lech Mishnah says that uh, it's not because of Savik Rabbanan Lekula that the Ramam is Matar B'Diyavet. It's because it's a Svek Sveka, meaning he's reading it like uh, like we said before, that number one, you have a Safik whether Zimun even works. And even if you assume Zimun 
it doesn't work, then uh, the zimun does work. Maybe yad is not going to uh, to, to is is not going to be binding. So uh, so that it's it's a sort of sfex veka whether the zimun the basic kisei or not. But it's not an, it's not exactly a sfex veka because we actually paskin that zimun does work for a basic kisei. So that's sort of nifshat luchumra. Meaning we did we do have a, a lachik conclusion about that. Um, and because because after all that's an imtim tzolomer and the Rambam always paskins like an imtim tzolomer. But still it's kind of a uh, of a sfex veka and that's that's what's really behind the psak of the Rambam according to the reading of the Lecha Mishnah. Okay, Vaitur in the Gemara. Menuda anilach. Now the Mishnah had said on Bezam Ralf, the first Mishnah in the Masechta, that if a person uses a lash of menuda anilach, so uh, Rabbi Akiva said, Hayachochich bezalahachmir. Rabbi Akiva thought that uh, he was chochich to be machmir, that maybe that has a status of a neder. So Amar Modu Rabbi Akiva lin malkus Rabbi Akiva would agree that if one violates such a neder, there's no malkus, meaning Rabbi Akiva wasn't certain that you have to be machmir in this case, but it was enough of a suffix that he was chochich lahachmir. That's all. So dim kain nisni Rabbi Akiva machmir. If Rabbi Akiva held it was vaday lasha neder, then it should have said Rabbi Akiva machmir. It's not what it said. It said Rabbi Akiva was chochich. So you see that he was, he doesn't he isn't really fully machmir. Amr of Papa. So Rav Papa explains Rabbi Akiva the machlokes between Rabbi Akiva and the Tanakama can best be framed by showing the cases where they agree with each other. I mean, what would be a case that's definitely a lashon neder? What would be a case that's definitely definitely not a lashon neder? And then we can give some context to the case that they argue about. So Amr of Papa binadina minach. If you use a lashon nadina minach. Everyone would say that is a valid Lashon Neder, and that would definitely create an Isser. Misham Tanaminach, if you would use a Lashon Misham Tanaminach, Everyone would agree that that's Mutter, that is not a Lashon Neder. What's the whole Machlokas? If he uses this Lashon of Menuda Anilach. To Rabbi Akiva Savar Lishna Dinidu Yahu, Rabbi Akiva holds it's enough of a lashon of Nidui, at least to be Machmir, that it's a binding Nidui, for Abundant, that it's a binding Nadar, for Abundant Savar Lishna Dimisham Tanahu, and Abundant say it's lashon of Misham Tana, which is not a binding Nadar at all. Upliga de Rav Chista, but this analysis that the whole Machlokas is only with this lashon of Menuda Nilach and would not apply to Misham Tana is against Rav Chista. Dahu Gavr Da Amar, because there was a guy who used the lashon, he said, I am taking a shamta on the nechasim, that it should be a shamta on me, the nechasim of the son of Rabbi Yirmiya Baraba, all the possessions of the son of Rabbi Yirmiya Baraba. Asl Kamed Rav Chista, he then went to ask Rav Chista, am I allowed to get Hana from all those properties, from all those possessions that I just said in Misham Tanani? So Amalei, less the Chash Lalahad Rabbi Akiva. He said, why, you being Choshish Rabbi Akiva? Eh, you don't have to worry about Rabbi Akiva. We don't paskin like Rabbi Akiva. So apparently he holds that Rabbi Akiva would, st- would, 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 uh, would be Machmir even in the case of Misham Tana. The way we said it before, the way Rav Papa had said it, was that there's no Machlokas. Everyone would say Misham Tana is nothing. It's not only, uh, it's not only the Chacham Let's say we don't have to worry about it. Everyone, even Rabbi Akiva. But apparently, no, apparently Rav Chista understood that this too would be subject to Machlokas. So Kasav Rav Misham Tana Pligi. Apparently, he holds that the Machlokas applies by Misham Tana as well. Okay, Am Rabbi, once we're on the topic of Nidhoi, Am Rabbi Ila, Am Rav. If they put a person in Nidoi in front of him, meaning you, do, you put him right in front of his face, you put him in Nidoi, so then you can only be matirit in front of him. 
Why? Why do I need to be matzah the nidoy in front of the guy who, uh, when, when I put him in nidoy in, in, in front of his face? The Ran says two possibilities. First, the Ran says on the top over here, to keep him the befun of nidoy, olim nidoye. That when you put a person in nidoy in front of his face, that's a stronger form of nidoy, v'lomayakar el befanav. And therefore, for a stronger form of nidoy, you need a stronger uh, uprooting of such a nidoy. In general, when something is done in a more public way, it needs a more public undoing. That's something that we find elsewhere in Shas as well. But the Ran says, nah, He says, I don't think it's a stronger form of Nidoy. Nidoy is a Nidoy. You know, there are different levels of Nidoy. There's a Cherem, a Shamta, a Nidoy. Those are all different levels of types of curses on a person <coughs> that uh, wrecks communications, they, they call it, but really it's more than an excommunication. It's a curse that a person should die. And the third paragraph of my discusses what those different levels are really all about. Out. But uh, but within Nidoy, you're not going to have a higher level of Nidoy just because it's done in front of the guy's face. Theron says, I don't think that's the case. He says, I think this is a matter of just being concerned that people are going to be choshed, the person. Because what's going to happen? If we're going to be matir, not in front of the guy's face, sometimes they'll be matir the Nidoy. The guy himself won't even know that they were matir. And when other people start treating him like a regular member of society, and they start calling him up for aliyahs and shul, and they start shopping in the store, he's going to think, these were shy, how dare they call me up for an aliyah? Don't they know I'm in Nidoy? You're not allowed to act that way. You have to act benidoy to someone who's in Nidoy. So how could they do this? He's going to be choshed b'kshirim, all the people that are being nice to him. And he's going to think that, they, that they're not allowed to do that, he, because he's not going to realize that they were matzah the Nidoy. So it's all about the chashad, the Ran says. So if you did a Nidoy b'fanav, then the, the, the undoing of the Nidoy has to be b'fanav. But if it was shalom b'fanav, when they start acting nice to him, figure. Okay, if they put me in the Nidoy when I wasn't there, probably they could take me out of the Nidoy when I wasn't there. He's not going to be Choshed B'Kshirim. That's how the Ran understands this din of Befana versus uh, Shalom Befana. Nido Shalom Befana Matirin Lo Ben Befana Ben Shalom Befana, the Gemara says. If you're Menadahim uh, Befana, then the, uh, Shalom Befana rather, then you can be Matir the Nidoy, whether he's there or not there, it doesn't make a difference. Amrav Chanin Amrav What is a good enough reason to put a person in Nidoy? What kind of Avera does a person have to do in order to be put into Nidoy. If a person hears Askaras Hashem, hears the Shem Hashem being mentioned, uh, then you have to put the person in, in Nidoy. There's a whole discussion that Achronim talk about over here what exactly is Hashem Hashem? You know, it comes up obviously in several Sugis and Shas. How, how exactly you define Hashem Hashem? My favorite um, uh, you know, the, uh, detail of this discussion is in the Sefer Stei Chemen. The Sefer Stei Chemen. He, uh, the author of the Stei Chemed uh, in in in, uh, in 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 Kuntras Biur Bistei, he has a whole Kuntras about the name of the Sefer because Stei is spelled Shin Dalid. Yud, which is uh, Shakai, it's the name of Hashem. So he says when he first sent the Sefer to a lot of different people, so a lot of people wrote back, beautiful Sefer, Stei Chemed, and spelled it Shin Dalid Hey when they sent it back. So he thought maybe they just don't know how to, you know, they, they spell it uh, Stay with a Hey, I like to spell it. Then he realized what they, they didn't want to write. The, the na- so he has a whole contrast defending himself why it's okay to call the Sefer Stei Chemed and you don't have to worry that it's a Shem Hashem that it's Shakai that it's actually Stei Chemed so the, uh, they have these kinds of discussions when it comes to uh, 
Hashem Hashem. There's uh, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins that uh, that, that uh, even though someone is master Hashem Hashem Tzaruch Lenadoso Shulchan Aruch in Aruchaim Sim Reish Tzvav says when you're teaching children to say brachos you teach them with the Hashem Hashem and that's uh, you don't you don't teach them without the Hashem Hashem because then they're going to learn to say Baruch Ata Hashem. How many Bar Mitzvah boys Baruch Hashem Amavarel that they 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 have to you have to uh, teach them properly so that they, when they when they do it they'll they'll say it right. Magen Avram says but a gadol b'shash shalomir brachos b'gemara omer b'loaskar if you're learning Masechus Brachos and you're learning all the Brachos that it says so when you're learning it in the Gemara you should say it without the Shem Hashem you shouldn't actually say the Shem Hashem the Magen Avram says that's a Machlokas that's not and not everyone agrees to that I think Svardim generally are Makvedavka that they do say the, the Shem Hashem whenever it's Bederach Limud but uh, generally speaking Ashkenazim follow the Pesach of the Magen Avram that we don't say the Shem Hashem when you talk about Pesukim when you're quoting Pesukim Rav Moshe has an interesting Ha'ara he says a lot of times you want to quote a Pasuk so you're not going to say the Shem Hashem when you're quoting the pasuk because oh, we don't we don't like to say the shem hashem unnecessarily. So Meisha writes in the tshuva. He says, yeah, but if you're quoting all pasuk and the only thing you're leaving out is the actual shem hashem, you're not allowed to say a half a pasuk. You're supposed to say a full pasuk. So if you're only saying a half a pasuk or you're only you're leaving out one critical word of a pasuk, the shem hashem, maybe that's a violation of kol pasuk lo paske Moshe. This uh, should go on the list. Another example of cases where we think we're being machmir, but every chumra has a kula. You're being machmir in one direction. So I'm be machmir about saying Shem Hashem, but it's going to turn out that I'm being mekil about uh, about Kol Moshe. So something that we have to we have to be careful about. But the Aruch Hashulchan writes that uh, people who are Dorish Barabim and mention a pasuk that has Shemos. Generally, our minig is that we do not say Shem Hashem. He says our minig is we leave Shem Hashem out of out of those pasuk. And I do believe that that is uh, that's that's our minig in terms of uh, Shem Hashem. Okay, so when someone is masking Shem Hashem, so that's a reason to. Put and someone who hears it and doesn't put him in Nidoy, that guy should be in Nidoy. So the Ron points out, what do you mean? That's automatic? That he's on a, it's an automatic Nidoy. We're declaring Merosh. Anyone who hears someone else that says Shem Hashem and doesn't put him in Nidoy automatically is in Nidoy. Ron says it can't be. Because it can't be that he's going to have a din that's more Hummer than the guy who actually said the Shem Hashem. The guy who actually said the Shem Hashem is only in Nidoy if you put him in Nidoy. The guy who didn't do anything about it is it can't be in a, in a in a worse position. So he says it means what's what Yehi means that other people are chayiv to put him in nidoy for not doing anything about it. Because whenever there's shem Hashem being mentioned, that's going to lead to poverty. And poverty is like death. And after all, a nidoy is a curse that a person should die. So this is a person who's allowing death to run rampant by allowing the shem Hashem to be mentioned because anius is a form of death. And therefore, his punishment, is that he gets a need, that he gets a curse, that he should die as well. How do I know that Aeneas is like death? Because the Pasuk says, Hashem said to Moshe in Midian, you can go back to Mitzrayim, all those bad guys, Dustin and Aviram, who wanted you dead, they're, they're dead now. They're dead? What do you mean? They kept on popping up every all over the same We're going to have them again in uh, Korach and all over the place. Dustin and Aviram keep popping up. So how, do you, how could you say Mesu Kalanashim? So it must mean, says the Gemara, that they became poor and an Ani is Chashiv Kameis and therefore you don't have to worry about going back 
to Mitzrayim. So Frek the Ran, is that the only person that's Chashuv Kameis? There are, there are Baal Chashuv and Kameis. There's an Ani, a Suma, a Mitzora, and Misha in Lobanim. A poor person, a blind person, someone who has Tzaraz, and someone who doesn't have children, they're all Chashuv Kameis. Maybe Dustin and Avirim didn't have children. Maybe Dustin and Avirim were blind. How do you know that they were, that they were an Ani? So the Ran says, well, we know certain things. He says, it's, it's, it has to be Ani over here. You can't say that they were blind, because by the, by the Machlokas with Korach, it says, that, uh, that we talked about their eyes. So obviously they had eyes, they had functioning eyes. So you also can't say that they were Mitzurayim because it says, that they were in the midst of Kal Yisrael, they would have been sent if they were Mitzurayim. And you can't say that they had a refuah at Matan Torah because uh, they were chazul l'muman v'maisa egel. Whoever had refuah at Matan Torah went back to their original illnesses at the Maisa Egel. And you can't say that they didn't have, have children because what was the whole point of Hashem telling Moshe to go back to Mitzrayim? Because don't worry about these guys anymore. What does it mean, don't worry about these guys anymore? So what? They don't have children, so you don't have to worry about them? They're not going to be after you? No, they're still going to be after you, and they're still going to be carved l'malchus, and you're still going to be in trouble. So what does that mean? That the, so it can't mean that they don't have children. Must mean they're poor and therefore Paro doesn't listen to poor people. Paro listens to people of means and people of influence and they no longer have influence. So, so you don't have to worry that they're going to be able to do anything to you. And that's why you can go back to Mitzrayim. That's how the Ran understands the drasha over here. Wherever the Chum placed their eyes, there's either Miso or Oni. He said, we were in front of Rav Huna and a woman said the Shem Hashem Levatala. Shamta, he put her in a in a cherim right away. Vesharalali alter, and then immediately took her out of it. Baapa, right in front of her face. Shemaminat chas. We see from that story three things. Shemaminat shomei askar hashem mipicha veretzarkon adoso. We see that you need to put someone in cherim as soon as you hear Hashem Hashem come out of their lips. Ushemaminat nidob befanav ein matirin lal befanav. We see that if you put a person in cherim befanav, you can only be matirit in front of their faces. Ushemaminat ein beinidoy lafar of aloklum. And we also see that there's no minimum amount of time. You don't have to wait thirty days or anything. You can be Mayfair right away like he did over here. Uh, now the Gemara is going to start a series of Amrav Gidol Amravs. We're just going to read the first one today. Amrav Gidol Amrav. Tamil Chacham and Nadali Atzmo, Mayfair Atzmo. Tamil Chacham can put himself in Nidoy and be Mayfair his own Nidoy. Pshita, of course he can. Now, Maudetema in Chavish Matarazim Besasurin. I might think a prisoner can't let himself out of jail. So you can't let yourself out of your own Nidoy. And therefore, it tells me that yes, he can. Says Mar Hechidami. What exactly is the circumstance where you can undo your own Nidoy? So, Kihadam. Marzutra Chasida was like the story of Marzutra Chasida. Ki Mechayev Barbe Rav Shamta. Whenever a Talmud Chacham had to be put in Nidoi, Misham Nafshe Bereisha Vadim Misham Barbe Rav. He would first put himself in a Cherem and then put the Barbe Rav in Cherem because he wanted to suffer along with him. The Chiyayel Bebeisa. Once he got back to his house, Shari Lenafshe Vahadu Shari Lei. He would be matir his own Cherem. Then he would be matir the other guy's Cherem. But the bottom line is that you see he was able to matir his own Cherem. But it seems the Ran points out only in a case where he put it. He's one to put himself in Cherem as a Chumrah, just to, to show that he's, uh, that he's connecting to the, to the Barbe Rav and that he's feeling the pain of the Barbe Rav. But when he really deserves it, then it's not so Pasha. The Ran has a discussion whether he could still let himself out of such a Cherem. Okay, Bezushalom, pick up Amrav Gidol Amrav tomorrow.